Growth Igniters Radio with Pam Harper and Scott Harper, episode 163, The Most Valuable Leadership Lesson I Ever Learned, with Tanya Hall, CEO, Greenleaf Book Group. This episode is brought to you by Business Advancement Incorporated, enabling successful leaders and companies to accelerate to their next level of success on the web at businessadvance.com. And now, here's Pam and Scott. Thanks, Chris. I'm Pam Harper, founding partner and CEO of Business Advancement Incorporated. And sitting right across from me, as always, is my business partner and husband, Scott Harper. Hi, Scott. Hi, Pam. It's always a pleasure to join you for another episode of Growth Igniters Radio. And as always, our purpose is to spark new insights, inspiration, and immediately useful ideas for visionary leaders of successful companies to accelerate themselves and their organizations to their next level of game-changing innovation, growth, and success. Now, Pam, one of the things we've noticed from our many conversations with visionary CEOs is that they have a huge range of stories about their leadership experiences. That's true. No two leadership stories are identical, even about the same issue or topic. That's right. Yet they're all valuable. In fact, it's critical for top leadership teams to share these stories. That way they can learn from each other, apply these lessons, and grow together. So to encourage you out there and your leadership teams to get started, we are taking the leadership stories that have made game-changing CEOs even wiser and turning them into an ongoing series within Growth Igniters Radio, which we call the most valuable leadership lesson I ever learned. Today, our guest is someone who's become a true game-changer in the publishing industry. She is... Tanya Hall, CEO of Greenleaf Book Group, who drives the company's growth efforts and fosters a culture built around serving authors. Tanya built Greenleaf's distribution organization from the ground up, working directly with retailers and wholesalers to develop one of the fastest growing publishing and distribution businesses in the industry. Before joining the publishing industry, Tanya worked in digital media and as a television producer. She is herself the author of the book, Ideas, Influence, and Income. Write a book, build your brand, and lead your industry. She also is a columnist for Inc.com and regularly speaks at business and publishing conferences. You can read more about Tanya by going to growthignitersradio.com, episode 163. Tanya, welcome to Growth Igniters Radio. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure to join you. So, okay, let's just cut to the chase here. What is the most valuable leadership lesson you ever learned? Yeah, so it ended up being sort of a self-taught lesson. And for me, it was connecting the vision that I had for the company and how we would grow to the frontline people, if you will. So the people in the various departments and serving on our different uh, levels of service providing here at Greenleaf to actually bring that to life and make sure that we were all rowing in the same direction versus just having a strategy that was mapped out and sitting in the C-suite corner alone. (laughs) So tell us a little bit more about that, Tanya. This actually sounds kind of familiar. We've heard this story before, but what was it like for you? You you had a vision, you and your C-suite had a vision. What happened that made you realize that something needed to change? Well, 
So my background in the company, as you've mentioned, I did a lot of the building to get us where we are. And I was COO before I was CEO. And even in that position, I realized that there was something missing. There was a lot of talk about where we would go and what we could be, but there was no real operational link between that vision and how we would Hmm. actually execute it. And I couldn't really put my finger on, I, I knew that was the problem, but I couldn't put my finger on how you would actually um, bring that down into the different departments and throughout the company as one cohesive effort. And I knew I needed to fix it when I became CEO because it also created a little grumbling, like, oh, we have this vision. What are we going to do about it? <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, so how did, how did you see it? I mean, it's, it's one thing to intuitively know it, but could you actually see that there were things that were happening that clearly were disconnecting from that vision? Yeah, and I think, for example, one of them, um, we'll get into some of the different vision points that I ended up mapping out for the company, but we've always been a really innovative, forward-thinking company, and we we would talk about, about that a lot, but... Mm-hmm. In this, at the same time, a lot of what we do from the publishing side of things is pretty traditional. We operate internally very much like a traditional publishing house as right. far as mm-hmm. how a workflow takes place. So a good half of the company is looking at their day-to-day going, there's nothing visionary or <laughs> innovative mm-hmm. about this. But this is exactly how we worked at Simon & Schuster when I worked there, you know, so... Mm-hmm. Um, there was an so the acquisition people were focused on acquisition, and the people mm-hmm. in accounting and finance were focused on their jobs and that type of thing. Very much so, and I think because as the C-suite often will do, we're focused on numbers and trying to figure out how this is all going to translate into revenue and profit. Uh, they felt a little left out of that loop and weren't understanding how their work contributed to that Mm -hmm. larger impact. And so that was the tying up of loose ends that I became very focused on resolving. Mm -hmm. So what was the key to getting your vision off the wall, so to speak, and into the hall? (laughs) Good way to put it. So I ended up, I'm blessed to have an internal brand team that really works with a lot of our authors to help them identify their audience, their message, and and really do this work at a uh, business level. So they sat down with me and I just dumped on them. I said, here are all the things that I would like to accomplish as a company. Here is the vision. Here's where I see that unfolding. Mm-hmm. And they helped. It was, there were just white flipboard charts everywhere. This this took the better part of three days. Mm-hmm. And at the end of it, we started to see patterns, as you often will when you're dumping something like that. Yeah. And with their help, they stripped away all the business jargon that I'm admittedly guilty of using and distilled it down into four themes that carried my vision forward. And that was like having the weight of the world lifted off my shoulders. Hmm. So was there a surprise in this? You know, a lot of times when we're working with uh, leadership teams, there's a point, a critical point where people go, whoa, (laughs) you know, I never thought about it that way before. Mm -hmm. Uh, Was it like that for you too? I think the fact that we got it down to four things was a surprise (laughs) because I felt um, I was overwhelmed by my own mind, I think, as I went through the process. And I just sometimes you're so close to your own vision and your own thoughts. It might make perfect sense to you, but it might not. And in this case, you know, there were little bits of it that were super clear, but there were other pieces of it that I wasn't able to really tie back to another theme until I had some outside eyes help me. Uh, really distill that down into something that made sense for everybody. Okay, yeah, this so. is overcoming the curse of knowledge, where mm-hmm. it's very clear to me, but other people are going, huh? 
That's true. And and you are right. To be able to uh, take so much that goes on in a company and distill it into four key principles, that is a huge deal. So tell us at a very high level, and we'll go into it in detail in the second segment, what is the essence of, you You refer to them as four vision principles, I believe? Mm-hmm. That's correct. And I I call them that because they're different than core values, for instance, or even a mission statement, uh, which tend to not change. The vision principles, um, as I envision them, they are mine as CEO. These belong to me. They aren't the company's, they're mine. And as I said, these were the result of this three-day dump and distilling it down into conceptual themes. And for us, from a high level, we came up with four. So they are create constant growth, redefine what it means to be a publisher, be the top publishing choice for thought leaders, and then at a, at a very simple boiled down uh, statement, be the best, which is our people principle. Okay. Where we're starting from here is it's important to be able to take complexity and distill it into key principles. And by doing that, it gives you a place to start to actually bring that vision to life. You've got to focus. So we're going Mm -hmm. to take a quick break. And when we come back, we'll speak more with Tanya Hall, CEO of Greenleaf Book Group, about the lessons she learned about translating exciting visions into meaningful reality. Stay with us. This is Growth Igniters Radio with Pam Harper and Scott Harper. We're brought to you by Business Advancement Incorporated, where we focus on enabling visionary leaders to ignite, sustain, and boost the momentum it takes to achieve game-changing results. We're on the web at businessadvance.com. To everyone listening, welcome. We're glad you joined us, whether it's because you're a subscriber or you've just found us wherever you pick up your podcasts. But there is a special reason to visit growthignitersradio.com. This is the only way you can access all of the previous podcast episodes from the past five years. It's also the only place you can find the unique show notes, bios, and resource links specifically related to each of our podcasts. We featured award-winning CEOs, thought leaders, and best-selling authors. You can explore more by going to growthignitersradio.com today. Welcome back to Growth Igniters Radio with Pam Harper, that's me, and Scott Harper. Today, Scott and I are speaking with Tanya Hall, CEO of Greenleaf Book Group, about the most valuable leadership lesson she ever learned in her role as CEO. Tanya, how can people find out more about you and your book and Greenleaf? Oh, sure. Thanks for asking. So they can learn more about Greenleaf and me and my whole staff at greenleafbookgroup.com. And then the book itself, which is Ideas, Influence, and Income, has its own website, ideasinfluenceandincome.com. And of course, you can also see Tanya's bio and other resources for this conversation by going to growthignitersradio.com, episode 163. And I have to say, in full disclosure, that we have been clients of Greenleaf. That's part of what inspired us to want to talk with Tanya, because it is an amazing company, and we've been treated very well. Thank you for saying that. (laughs) That is actually just what our experience has been. So let's talk about these four vision principles. Your first principle is to create constant growth. What does that mean to you? Is it revenue, profitability, both? 
It is both and more. How we interpret any of these principles will vary, of course, from department to department within the company. But for the most part, yes, it does come back to revenue, profitability, uh, and things that help to support that, whether that means boosting our backlist of authors, growing the number of sales outlets that we sell into, um, boosting the quality of authors, the number of services that we can provide Mm -hmm. for our authors. It's growth Mm -hmm. in lots of different ways. Well, you know, what's really interesting is that this is a huge challenge. I mean, a lot of leadership teams are challenged by balancing short-term growth measurements with investing in the long-term growth so that they're continuously increasing the size and quality of what they do. So how is it that you do this? Well, interestingly, these principles do that because they are really supporting a long-term vision, but as we'll talk about in a bit, they're broken down into more manageable short-term goals that everybody in the company contributes to. So in a way, I've delegated it. (laughs) Okay. All right. So everybody knows what they're supposed to do to make this happen. Absolutely. And and we have a few other exercises that we do annually that are related to innovation and efficiency so that those types of big picture things don't fall to the back burner. And we have um, additional ways to make sure that we're accountable for the decisions that come out of those exercises. But it all kind of works together. Right. So the important thing here on this principle is that you are focused on both short-term growth and investing in long-term growth. There's another principle, your second one. Uh, You've told us it's to redefine what it means to be a publisher. Why is this important, especially now? Oh, I think it's more important than ever with the changes that have come into the publishing business finally after hundreds of years. So I think um, this one for us speaks to innovation. And we've always been a very innovative company, uh, which starts really with our business model being a hybrid publishing model that sits in between self-publishing and traditional publishing. That was unheard of the 20 years ago this company was started. And now there are uh, a handful of competitors out there. So it is for that reason even more important for us to continue to innovate and really th- think freely about what it what it does mean to be a publisher because I think for a long time in this business, money only flowed in one direction and it resulted in authors having some restrictions on their rights and um, ownership of things that for certain authors were very important um, priorities. Yes, we know this well. For our listeners who are not as familiar with publishing, is there something that we can refer them to, some kind of resource to talk about what is the difference between the hybrid publisher, traditional publishing, and that kind of thing? Yeah, definitely. On the Greenleaf Book Group website, there's a drop down on the front page, and I believe it just says our model. And there's a little whiteboard video there that explains where we fit into uh, what is typically thought of as two options, traditional and self-publishing, and how we fit in the middle. So I think right here for anybody who's not a publisher, which is about everybody, we are really saying that it's important to be redefining what it means to be in your industry. Definitely. And for us, that's also an industry-specific thing where we're constantly educating other people in publishing about what we do and why it's still, quote, real. (laughs) Uh, The stigma isn't what it used to be, but uh, people, I think, used to look down their nose at us because, A, we weren't in New York, and B, we didn't operate like them. And Mm -hmm. 
it's very strange for someone like me who comes from a pretty deep media background where if you look at, I won't go up on a soapbox, but if you look at the film industry and people who self-fund projects, indie filmmakers are the darling of film. <laughs> yeah. And mm-hmm. yet in publishing, there's this snobbery about it. It's, it's just, it, it was very striking to me coming into this business. And so I'm passionate about educating uh, my fellow publishing folks about the fact that this is a business model decision. It's not better or worse. It's just different. Mm-hmm. So you're differentiating from the traditional publishers and what's kind of sometimes called the vanity press where you get poorly written ego pieces out there. Definitely. Yes. Yep. We are neither of those things. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Very good. Okay. Well, let's move on to principle three. And you talk about becoming the top publishing choice for thought leaders. Obviously, it's a very competitive world out there, as we were just saying. So what would be a brief story of how you've been leading to constantly improve Greenleaf's reputation? Yeah, and you nailed it. This is our reputation and visibility principle. Uh, Because so many times I'll talk to an author who has traditionally published and has been disappointed and they say, God, I didn't even realize that what you do is an option. I didn't know about you guys. Mm -hmm. So uh, one example of how I've been working on that is the book that I wrote uh, for many years. My authors and and friends and family would say, okay, you've been doing this for 15 years. Where's your book? <laughs> and <laughs> and I, for the longest time, I resisted because I know I watch you guys write. I know how hard it is. And I really wasn't ready. But finally realized it's quite hypocritical for me to say that a book is the ultimate way to plant your flag as a thought leader and then not have done that myself. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, so, I thought it was great. We talk about this in other episodes, how important it is for CEOs to publish their stories, especially their leadership stories, because there's so much to share. Yeah, and the book has served its purpose. And it's not only a way for me to make sure that people have a full knowledge of publishing before they get started, but you know, it was in the airports for some time after it launched. And I had so many folks reach out to me through LinkedIn to say, I, this, I can't believe I found this book. I was on my ah, way to a speaking engagement. Great. This is great. Mm-hmm. So it's been a, a wonderful tool to support the business as well. That's terrific. And uh, the fourth principle I remember you said was be the best. Now, mm-hmm. Tanya, I'll be very frank. I've heard be the best so much. It's like, give me a break. <laughs> so how have you shaped Greenleaf's culture so that these words are more than just jargon, more than buzzwords. Yeah, and I struggled with that, the verbs, I suppose, the words in that particular principle, because you're right, it's overdone. But ultimately, that is what we arrived at, because it's it's the truth. And you're right, everybody says it. And even within publishing, there are a lot of firms that say they are author-centric, but we really take it to the next degree. And it starts with hiring, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, we look for people who are very passionate about the power of words and ideas and respectful of ideas that they don't agree with um, and really see themselves as stewards of bringing these things into the world. Um, so definitely hiring is the first and most important piece in that. And then we make a point to recognize, uh, publicly recognize the people who really exemplify that. And we do that in two cycles here at Greenleaf. So we have a, a monthly staff meeting where we highlight praise that comes in from clients ah. and we tie that back to our core values and we go around the table and we read it out loud. <laughs> so everybody hears somebody's praise and we tie it back to the core values and a little round of applause, a golf clap, if you will. And then two weeks later, we have a staff huddle where 
uh, we take the time to internally recognize each other for either people who are helping cross departmentally or somebody who went above and beyond, somebody who cleaned out the fridge without being asked, you know, okay. <laughs> little things like that that just say, uh, you're a good person and I appreciate what you're doing to support me and the company. And I think it just keeps it top of mind for everybody and reinforces the fact that it's such a priority for us here at Greenleaf. So you bring it to life in, in real tangible ways. Yeah, top of mind is so important because people get bogged down in their work. And I'm, I'm working here. And so that's, that's a terrific example, Tanya. Mm-hmm. I was just going to add that we do mandatory professional development for every role. And then sometimes it's hard to find classes for certain types of roles. But uh, I think that also really comes full circle to help us develop a really well-qualified team that is appreciative of the work we do here. So it's, it's really clear that when you can identify the principles that are guiding your vision and be very clear about how to make them happen and to keep monitoring them, that it will make a difference. These are your four principles now. Is this what it's going to be forever or do you see this evolving over time? Good question. So they were designed to evolve over time. Um, To date, I have not changed these. I revisit them every year to see if I need to refresh any of them. And I have not yet. I'm on the cusp of it with one of them, (laughs) but I am not quite ready to pull the trigger. So, but I think for anybody else who's considering adopting this as a practice in in their own company, that's an important thing to consider, especially if you're in a, um, like a startup or something that's probably going to change its shape over time rather quickly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So principles are living and breathing. They're not set in stone, but they definitely help in terms of bringing a vision to life. We're going to take another quick break. And when we come back, Scott and I will speak more with Tanya Hall, CEO of Greenleaf Book Group, about immediately useful ideas for listeners to develop their own vision principles. Stay with us. You're listening to Growth Igniter's Radio with Pam Harper and Scott Harper. We're brought to you by Business Advancement Incorporated, and we're on the web at businessadvance.com. One of the things visionary leaders tell us is that their most valuable leadership lessons often happen during times when their focus is on accelerating game-changing results. The challenge with this is getting past the many assumptions about what is and is not happening as everyone is navigating new territory at hyperspeed. That's why we've created our special assessment, Five Questions to Ask When You Need to Move Even Faster. It's a perfect perspective builder for fast-moving C-suite leaders who need to meet current commitments and move fast enough to respond to new opportunities. Our questionnaire will help you find out where to begin to focus your energy and resources so that what should be happening really is happening as fast as it has to happen. We've developed these questions based on our work with fast growth clients in over 30 industries. We've helped them scale faster, make innovation happen faster, and more quickly respond to new opportunities. This has generated millions of dollars in top and bottom line growth. Now you can have this resource free just for joining our Growth Igniters community. So go today to growthignitersradio.com and select episode 163. Scroll down to resources and click the link Download five questions to ask when you need to move even faster. Welcome back to Growth Igniters Radio with Pam Harper and Scott Harper. 
Over the last two segments, Scott and I have been speaking with Tanya Hall, CEO of Greenleaf Book Group, about the most valuable leadership lessons she ever learned in her role as top executive. In this case, about transmitting vision that originates in the C-suite throughout a company in a way that's relevant and actionable for everyone. Tanya, how can people find out more about you, your book, and Greenleaf? The best way to do that is to visit greenleafbookgroup.com or for the book, ideasinfluenceandincome.com or follow me on Twitter. I'm at Tanya Hall. And as I said before, you can see Tanya's bio and other resources for this conversation by going to growthignitersradio.com, episode 163, and scrolling down to resources. So, Tanya, this is the part of our podcast where we talk about the immediately useful next steps that listeners can use to develop, in this case, their own vision principles. Let's take it one at a time. What would be an immediately useful idea or tip for finding the right words for your principles? You had mentioned that that was a bit of a struggle. Yes, it definitely was. And I love the fact that you do these useful tips, by the way, as a book publisher who likes actionable content. This is one of them. So uh, yes, I definitely struggled with that because as I said, I was a bit overwhelmed by the million of directions my mind was moving in. So I think if you found yourself a brand consultant or even a really strong editor, like you're looking for a developmental editor, which is somebody who's trained to find the logic in a manuscript traditionally, but could Mm -hmm. also probably do that in this type of work. Um, Mm. And then I would say just the way I did, just clear your schedule. Don't put a time limit on it, but dump out all of these ideas until they're gone, until you don't have anything left to give, and then start the work of trying to organize them into themes and letting this person drive, letting this consultant or a freelance editor really help you see the patterns that you can't identify because you're too close to it. So words really do matter. I mean, did you have to try on a lot of words? Oh, definitely. And the words that I chose were terrible. <laughs> they, they, again, they were just so oh, synergy and stuff like that, you know, that, that yeah. my bottom frontline people don't care about. And it sounds jargony and they roll their eyes. So Buzzword bingo. Uh, yeah. 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 And I should know better, but I do know better. But I really needed somebody, again, who could uh, fine tune that with me so that it was something that still reflected my beliefs, but was very um, easily accessible for anybody in the company. Okay. So building on that, Tanya, uh, let's have an immediately useful tip for increasing ownership of the principles beyond the C-suite into the entire company. Yeah, and this is a super important one because without it, this exercise is meaningless. I would say the most important tip is to not define how your different divisions contribute to these principles. And that's probably going to be hard for you. (laughs) It was for me. Uh, So what I've done is I take these principles to each division or each department and explained the thinking behind them. And then I let them take the reins in terms of how they're going to map out over the course of a year, how they contribute to each of these principles. And I probably have my own ideas tucked away in the back of my head if they get stuck. But what happens nine times out of 10, they come up with things I never would have dreamed of because they know their work at a deeper level than I do. And they know where, oh, we can fine tune this type of report so that we have a better client experience, which helps to redefine what it means to be a publisher. Things like that, that I would not have been able to connect the dots around. So don't uh, don't get a little... <laughs> 
too aggressive and try to mandate how people apply these principles to their specific work, let them map it out. And then we have quarterly check-ins where we simply use a red, green, yellow system to see how we're tracking towards that progress. So personalization and ownership build commitment. In a nutshell. Absolutely. And relevancy, because yeah. if I sit here and try to talk from a content standpoint, how we're going to message around the company and make us more visible, the accounting team is going, I don't care. I have nothing to do with that. <laughs> so it's, yeah. it's super important to let them translate it into their own work. And that really provides engagement and buy-in around the entire initiative. But what if you disagree with uh, people? <laughs> I mean, that's a big deal. It is a big deal. Uh, there have, that has come up. And I think what happens in that case is it's a matter of priorities where I'll help them understand where one initiative makes a bigger impact on the business than another one that they might be really enthusiastic about. And then it's not saying no to something that they think is important, but it's saying uh, that kind of falls a little further down the chart than this other one that helps mm-hmm. to drive revenue or, or is a cost-cutting initiative. So, mm-hmm. um, so putting it in context so that they understand all the other criteria that are involved in all the context that goes on in terms of pulling it all together. I think that's hard, you know, when everybody's in their area. But, but very important. Very, very important. So let's come up with a third immediately useful idea. And this one for measuring the success of goals, supporting your principles. At some point, metrics matter, right? Absolutely. And in uh, I think your answer is in the question. <laughs> you <laughs> you really have to make the goals measurable, first of all. I think that's something that people skip over sometimes. And this is, again, where words really matter. Be the best is such a vague principle, but mm-hmm. when you boil it down to everybody attends one professional development seminar per quarter, everybody joins one professional networking group and participates in a webinar, whatever it may be, those measurable type of goals are ultimately what helps to keep this on track and to make sure that we aren't just sort of vaguely throwing spaghetti at some goals Mm -hmm. (laughs) that at some big vision principle that everybody's like, oh yeah, we got to do this thing. These are very measurable and have very specific outcomes that we can track on a quarterly basis. So Mm -hmm. creating clarity about what success really looks like and what goes into it makes it easier to get there, right? And and quantifying it wherever yes. possible, yes. So one thing somebody could do is go back and say, if I were to measure right now what I'm trying to bring to life, could I find the metrics to do it? That would be an interesting idea. It is, and, and that can be a big challenge in certain areas, especially, let's take my front desk person, for instance, who is really the face of the company and the first impression maker, <laughs> it's kind of difficult for me, unless I get a complaint, it's difficult for me to measure how effective she's being at that sometimes. So some roles are a little more challenging than others, but we've managed to get there on all of them. Well, and that's the idea. It's always a work in process. So uh, we are actually at the end of this conversation. Do you have some final thoughts on your most valuable leadership lesson that you ever learned that you'd like to leave us with? Um, I think I'd just like to underscore the fact that these are your principles and you should hold tight to them in terms of not being too swayed in a different direction if somebody thinks it's more important to 
you know, let's be more active in the community is one that I get. And that is a big part of what we do here, but that is not part of one of my four vision principles. So I think, um, again, the, the more you remember that these are yours and you're free to change them as the company grows and things change um, around your business conditions or the vision period for how the company will grow, then you can change them. But um, it's your vision. You're the, you're the one in charge and you should maintain your own ownership and accountability for those results in that way. Mm-hmm. Well, Tanya, thank you so much for being our guest today. Oh, thank you for having me. It was my pleasure. Thanks, Tanya. And thanks to you out there for listening to Growth Igniters Radio with Pam Harper and Scott Harper. To get show notes and resource links for this week's episode, go to growthignitersradio.com and select episode 163. Until next time, this is Pam Harper and Scott Harper wishing you continued success and leaving you with this question to share and discuss with your top leadership team. What is the most valuable leadership lesson that you have ever learned as you and your team are accelerating to your own company's next level of success? Growth Igniters and Growth Igniters Radio with Pam Harper and Scott Harper are registered service marks of Business Advancement Incorporated. All Growth Igniters Radio episodes are copyrighted productions of Business Advancement Incorporated, intended for the private use of our audience. Except as otherwise provided by copyright law, all other uses including copying, editing, redistribution, and publication without prior written consent of Business Advancement Incorporated are prohibited. All rights reserved.